Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world. And today I'm here with the coolest producer in the world, or at least one of Murder Beats in the building. Definitely one of. One of. Mm-hmm. Who's the coolest producer in the world? I don't know. Probably me. <laughs> Probably me. <laughs> I hear that. Um, yo, you know what? I was thinking about it earlier. I think that there's a reason why the world is so fascinated by Murder Beats. Because there's the average rap kid, think about it. It lives in the middle of nowhere, mm. fascinated by the game, but feels like there's no possible way for them to get in the game. 100%. They look at Murder Beats, and they're like, he's not so different from me, but he's lit. And everybody fucks with him. All these lit rappers are over here just fucking with him like he's no, their day one. No, that's some real shit. That's 100%. Because like where I'm from, I'm from, I'm from Niagara Falls. I grew up in a town of 40, 30,000 people. Mm. When I go home now and I always see people on Instagram hit me up and shit, it's like kids that were in my situation eight years ago that are now making beats, mm. trying to rap, do all this shit. Before that, there was no one trying to make beats like in, in music, that type of music and stuff, you know? Right. So I definitely like inspired a lot of people to like take this journey and path of a music career, you know? Talk to me about you as a young man though before you even really got into the music and stuff what were you like in like elementary school shit like that i was like i just felt like i was different from everyone like i'm left-handed i couldn't skate so like i couldn't play hockey like everyone else in canada mm. i'm left-handed i couldn't i couldn't fucking cut paper with right hand like with scissors and in, in like when i was in grade three and shit that's and awesome I, and i told my mom i was like i feel like i'm just different from everyone like i don't want to i just feel like i'm different i always said that to my mom and then even like I just didn't I never wanted to get a job never wanted to work for nobody like Same. I was like selling like weed and shit in high school I feel school. like I'm I didn't listening want to, work. to somebody talk about myself cause that's like exactly I didn't want to work for me. nobody I didn't want to do none of that shit you know what I'm saying so I don't know no then, I think that, that that's really important because you remember that Kanye song everything I'm not made, made me everything I am yeah you know it's like mm-hmm. I feel like the reason why I am where I am is partially cause I fucking sucked at sports cause I was you know knew I wasn't gonna be a rapper, knew I wasn't gonna be able to do that, and like when you're not good at certain things, it could force you to sort of rely on different areas of personality, which is yeah. really interesting. No, hundred percent. So I was like, I don't know. I, I started playing drums when I was like four or five years old, going to my uncle's house. Oh wow! And I was always just playing drums and stuff. My dad, RP, my pops, he always wanted me to play guitar. Well, I'm left-handed, so it's like I can't just like pick up your guitar and start playing guitar. If I play like upside down, like Jimi Hendrix or some shit, right? But, you know what I'm saying? I was like like playing drums, beating on drums. It was fun, you know. Started like 
putting on headphones, listening to music, just taught myself how to play along to songs and shit, you know? And uh-huh. then just like my one day my boy from in, from in school from school showed me Fruity Loops. I was like, it's just kinda of fire. I was like making beats, they were complete garbage. <laughs> Hacked that shit, put that shit on my computer. We were already I put it on my parents' uh, desktop. I put it on my parents' desktop. I was in grade like eleven, I think. Uh-huh. Or like summer of grade eleven, going into grade twelve or something like that. I was like sixteen or seventeen when I started making beats. So uh-huh. I cracked that shit on my parents' desktop computer. You know them old ass computers? Yeah. Started banging shit out like that. And then I was like, man, fuck it. I, I bought a laptop. And then I traded my drum set for a, a Kai MPK 49 keyboard at Guitar Center. Even swapped it. I was like, fuck Holy it. Holy shit. And then just started making beats all the time. Like, I knew, like, the first beat I made, I knew this is what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Wow, really? It's crazy. And they were trash, too. And I was, like, so cocky because, like, like, you got to think of it. In my head, it's like, I found my career. And I'm in high school. Everyone's going to guidance. Like, yo, like, you need to, you need to do this with your life. You need to do that. I was going to go to school for business because I want... I want to make. I like money. I want to make. Did money. that exit your brain as soon as you found out Hell about yeah. making beats? Wow. So, yeah. That's crazy. So, what was the first hip hop that you heard that got you excited in the first place? Um, probably hearing like some like Fifty Cent or like some Eminem at like my uncle's house, uh-huh. and then just like being at home, like walking, like my mom had on like like MTV or like music videos and stuff, just seeing just like. Hate it or love it. When I saw that music video, I was like, "Damn, this shit's crazy. Like, this is hard. Like, <laughs> yeah. this beat's hard. Like, and then just like seeing like, obviously like seeing like just everything like, Cash Money, just seeing all that shit. I remember seeing, I remember seeing that shit too. Yeah, Pop Bottles, all those videos and shit. Just like it was cool. You when, know? when you were starting to make beats though, was there any producer that you had already noticed that you were like, I want to be like that dude? So like, I started really liking trap music. I really wanted to make trap music. I'm like, yo, these beats are fire. So like at the time, like the whole BSM Brick Squad Monopoly wave was at like it's mm. like super high, right? So like Waka Flocka, Slim Duncan, all the RIP Slim Duncan, you know mm. what I'm saying? He was like my favorite rapper. I'm like, damn, wow. I gotta make beats for these guys. So I started making beats, and that's like and like that was like Lex Luger mm-hmm. and like Southside and them. But like it was mainly like Lex Luger. I was like, yo, it's just hard. I was like watching his videos, how he's making beats and stuff. I want to make trap beats, so that's what I did. So there were YouTube videos that they had out that sort of gave you an idea of what to do already at that point. Yeah, just like watching videos, like he's like he's like Lex Luger, how to roll a blunt, Lex <laughs> Luger, how to make a beat. You know right. what I'm saying? So I'm just watching all those videos, like okay, this is dope. That's sick. Like trap beats. So then it's crazy to think that you might have been somebody that just straight up wouldn't have had the opportunity to even learn this shit because you just straight up wouldn't have even known anyone who even would have had that knowledge if you had been born 10 years earlier because mm-hmm. it wouldn't have just been like you wouldn't have had access to enough information and even you then you still had to like figure out how to put it together it mm-hmm. wasn't just completely laid out there like now there's no, even 100%. more resources available so if a kid wants to start making beats it's even easier it to was, jump in right if it was 10 years earlier i probably would have had to like get access to it find find someone who knew who had access to a studio Mm -hmm. to go to the studio to get a job at a studio to start to learn the hardware to like it would have just been like would have been crazy I might have kept you away from it although you might have still figured out that you wanted to get involved yeah I don't know I would have figured it out that's crazy to think about I think I think this is de- everything. Everyone's life is you're destined to be who you are. So I would have figured it out either way. You could have been 
like nowadays it feels like it would be almost more likely for you to just go and become like a Fortnite kid if you were just some kid that was spending time I looking into shit been, on the internet. I would have definitely been a, a professional and major league gaming gamer mm. or some shit. And that sold weed still. And what's crazy is that in <laughs> this, like that. In this I love age, video games, man. Right. Video games are it's that and that's the thing though. Making beats is like a video game. It's like, you know what I'm mm. saying? If I if I'm good at video games and I know how to play I know how to play video games and I know music and I start making beats and then I know music already and then making a beat is like a fucking video game. That's how it feels to you? Kind of. I don't like it's it's software, it's a program, mm. you know what I'm saying? But is so. it, but it doesn't feel like a video game because there's no specific objective, but the objective is just to get what you're building from nothing to something really dope. The objective is to like draw patterns. Yeah. And shapes and then it becomes a hit right if you look at the no like if you look at the piano roll like you just draw shit sometimes like it looks like it's like music is like patterns like everything like you click in your drums everything is patterns music one two three four one fourth this that you know what i'm saying it's like a science yeah i'm like a scientist (laughs) you are (laughs) you're like a chemist you're more like a neighborhood like meth head type chemist you know i'm not a meth meth head but but a meth like dealer you know (laughs) <laughs> You're like nah. the dude in Breaking Bad posted up in the RV in the middle of the desert just cooking some shit up. He's cooking up beats, man. He's young murder. He might have been. Actually, Rich, Rich the Kid already took that concept for a video. That was a so hard concept, too. <laughs> we though. can't steal it yeah. again. Yeah. Shout out, Rich. So how'd you start building connects? Like, obviously, making the music itself is one part of the problem. But then the other part of the problem is the fact that nobody knows you and that you have to get your shit into people's hands. How'd you start attacking that problem? So first... I started with the YouTube shit, started doing tight beats. Mm. Chief Keef was hot at the time. I put out Chief Keef type beats, so my shit pops up before everyone else's shit. Mm-hmm. And you know what I'm saying? Shit like that at first. And then that's how I started building like Murder Beats as a name in like the producer community and stuff. So that's how I built like my YouTube, my Twitter, mm. my Instagram, my all that shit, I guess. Yeah. And then from there, like around that time was like when the drill music was popping so i was like yo like i got to get into this drill wave i got to go to chicago so i went on i went on d gains youtube page remember d gains the guy who shot all those videos that's crazy i went on d gains youtube page and found this guy named kill bill i'm like yo he's he was dope i thought he was a dope rapper from chicago so i hit him up and then i built a relationship with him over a couple months and then i flew out to chicago to meet him and get in the studio with him and shit how was that these guys had me in the hood (laughs) I shit, I was like, I should not be here. But I was like, I was like 17. Like, I didn't care. Like, I really wanted this shit. And like, I was doing anything. Like, my, my mom was like, what are you doing? Like, and shit. But it was like, I really had to do this shit. Like, I really put everything into it. Like, I wouldn't tell a young kid nowadays, like, yo, go to Chicago and the Wild 100s and all this shit. I would not tell you to do that. Because it's like, looking back, it's like, damn, I was fucking reckless. Like. Right. You know? That's crazy. It's amazing that it actually worked out. Did you start it's building crazy. connections from there, or like did you make like from there? Then from I that? then I met like most of the GBE guys in person and stuff, oh. and then I started working with Chief Keef and stuff like that. And then like my tool was always like, then if I start working with Chief Keef, I'm hitting everyone on Twitter saying I'm Chief Keef's producer because he's <laughs> hot right now. Right. You know what I'm saying? So then boom, then I get then I that's how I got like the Migos attention. And then like I hit up Skip and I was like on on Instagram because I'll I'll go on I'm mean, not Twitter I'll go on Twitter and I and I would hit up like if I want to get to the Migos I'll type in YRN and then I'd find like their boy with YRN mm. and his name hit him up trying to get to the Migos and that wow. was Skip go look at who they're following that, and that was Skip and right. then and then I hit up him and I'm like yo Offset was locked up at the time I was like yo 
just I'll give you beats to use for yourself if you just play my shit for Quavo and take off. Right. And he's like, well, I'm not even like he's, he wasn't even rapping at the time. He was just always around them. So he played my beats for them and they fucked with it. Wow. That's crazy. You know, that's a really interesting part of the conversation that we kind of see happening, not just in production, but in general is like, should you work for free to get yourself into the position to be able to someday be able to ask for a check? I'd rather at the beginning like you have to work for free. Yeah. And you and you have to know your worth too. Like I knew what I wanted to be, so I didn't settle for less and make a sound click and put on my beats for ninety nine cents a mm. beat, because that's just like stunting your growth. Then you see people. There's like big artists out here that get hot that pop up off a beat that the label ended up buying for a hundred dollars for the master. Uh huh. And then that producer is frustrated and doesn't know how to make money. Right. So it's like you got to really know your worth and. You got to sacrifice. People yeah. don't know how to sacrifice nowadays. Everyone just wants everything. Mm. And yeah. it's crazy because it's like if you were to go and work for some big corporation and they were going to be like, yo, we're not going to pay you for the first couple of years, but then eventually you'll be able to get paid. It would sound so fucked up. In the rap game, the truth is, is like if you really want to get in there and you don't have any connections and shit, it's like you're just going to have to basically be around be the dude who's available, who's down to put in the work, and you're going to have to be able to be willing to do it for next nah, to nothing for shit. a long-ass time, Man, right? Man, me and the Migos dropped Emmett Smith in 2016, uh -huh. and I remember that was the first video ever that I had on, like, MTV and, like, BET and shit, and everyone thought I was rich, and I was broke as shit. Really? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. When it came, did it take you a while to figure out how to structure your agreements with artists and stuff, or did it take a while for you to feel like you even yeah, had the leverage to ask? I didn't even know how. Like, you know, I didn't even know. Because, like, I was, like, I was selling beats to kids on PayPal. Mm. I was selling beats to kids on Western Union. Like, I like I was selling, I started selling so much beats off YouTube on Western Union that they flagged my shit for <laughs> fraud, and they started holding up my money and shit. <laughs> Cause like I didn't, I never wanted to send snippets either. Cause I knew people could just loop up a snippet and rap on the beat. So I'd be like, yo, you have to send half the money or the whole money up front, and then I'll send you a couple of beats to pick from. Right. So it's like worth my time. That's really interesting. Know? Yeah. I mean, it's crazy because nowadays, and I don't know if you ever went to such extents, but it's like there's so many weird, shady ways that young producers will try to get their shit in front of you. Like, for instance, Instagram comments, having bots. Is that me? That's just Holy crazy. shit, that's me. It's never me. Today was me. That's Fuck. just crazy. I don't know, man. But hey, like you gotta you gotta look too. Like that shit could work too because like Rick Ross found found Meek Mill off Twitter. Really? But I mean, Meek Mill was probably already like pretty pretty decently well known at that yeah, point. But he wasn't spamming him. The kids who have but the, the spamming shit's too much, man. Y'all gotta stop this shit. Real shit. It's like, oh my god. Like <laughs> yeah. I just try to think that like people really think that like if you spam somebody, that shit is but hey, that shit could work. I can't not like I can't knock nobody's hustle. I saw I can't I forget what kid, but I saw like Complex made a whole write up on a kid who spammed people's comments. Right. And the producer got a little write up. It was so the it was Beats like, by Safe kid? Yeah. The kid who kept beefing with so. Perp and shit. I think so. Oh God, he's gonna clip Perp, this, put it on his Instagram. Him, <laughs> he tried to call <laughs> no, Perp out of South by Southwest last year too. <laughs> Yeah. Holy shit, that's so funny. Now, you know what's the worst thing ever is when I'm like I'll see a video that I'm tagged in and there'll be some girl with a huge fat ass. I'll be like, huh, click on it. I'm just watching the ass shake. All of a sudden I realize thirty seconds gone by and I'm listening to this garbage ass song and I realize that's yeah. what it's just an artist promoting his shit. Instagram's the devil. Damn. But I mean, and you, but it's a weird decision to be made right there because on one hand, yes, that might for some people, I guess, be the only way that they're going to be able to make any kind of connections today. But then at the same time, it's totally like dirty in your name for people to remember you that way, right? 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You're always, you're always going to be that kid who just was just in the comments, mm. just going crazy. Were you ever nervous being around people like Keith and Migos and shit at first? Like, you know, to, the way that you describe it, like it's so casual and it was so easy for you to just meet them and start working with them all the time. The average kid listening to this is like, what the fuck? I want to be able to do that. Yeah, it definitely wasn't easy, you know, mm. and I, I wasn't nervous. I was shy. Like I was like I was like eighteen, seventeen. Like I was like a shy kid still, mm-hmm. and like in like uncomfortable environments where like I don't know anybody. I'm like I'm I, I'm from Niagara. I'm like now the only white kid. You, you, you know don't what I'm understand half the shit I do a whole saying. trip in Atlanta. Go back. I'm like damn, I just like think in my head. Like damn, I was like the only white kid. They got all kinds of crazy slang. You're just trying just to figure out what the fuck so it's just like it's, not, it's just like it's just different. Like it's just like it's just like throwing you in the deep end. Like yo, mm-hmm. this is what you want to do. Go get it. Yeah. And a lot of people, I feel like nowadays, they're not willing to do what other people aren't doing. Right. They're just, they want to sit there in the comments and spam like everyone else. But Mm -hmm. it's like, how are you going to be the lucky person? Or how are you going to be prepared for the opportunities to be able to actually make it, you know? Did you have times where you were were doubting yourself or doubting the plan? Where you Um, were like, early on, where you were like, man, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make this shit work. Not really, honestly. Mm. Like, I, like, really wanted to do this. and was really motivated. And I had everyone talking shit at me at school. Everyone was making fun of me. Really? Teachers made fun of me. Principal told me there's only one Dr. Dre not to do this as a career path. <laughs> that fuck? shit, I was so mad. And, like, I was like, damn, this is crazy. That is so offensive. Like, but when all odds are against you, you know what I'm saying, that's, like, when it's going to pay off the most. Right. So. When did Keep you feel? Like, when did you feel like it started to come together? Like when did the, you sort of turn a corner with it? Um, after like, like I'd say like after pipe like pipe it up, mm. pipe it up is like that's like when I like because like you know what I'm saying I was like on I started live like staying with amigos from time to time going on the road with them right and I was always like if I go to a show with them like I man I was so heavy like I was so heavy like into like building my brand like when I would go to a show with them after the show I would go to the I would go to the tag. The, uh, go to the tag on Instagram and mm. I would like everyone's video of, of like seeing a bit of me on stage so they would follow me after the show and like every time I would drop a song on a mixtape I would like look up that song and retweet and like everyone's shit so they would follow me so I was always like constantly like building my brand you yeah. know early on I used to do all that shit I used to respond to every Facebook message all you that shit to, yeah. you know what I'm saying you gotta get every fan counts and it still does yeah you know it's just at a certain point it's become so big that it's like you can't respond to every DM I don't want to respond to one person because then everyone feels entitled to everybody like, else in their hometown everyone will be like wow he talked to him why didn't he talk to me right and they start hating and shit so that's crazy Um, when, when you're on those tours and stuff like well, even just being able to go on tour even just like them being down to put you out there in their perspective because there's a million motherfuckers who've done beats for Migos but Migos don't like really acknowledge them besides like paying them for the beat or whatever it's like how did you sort of like even get into the position because I feel like that's the dream of every producer is to create like a real personal brand where they're actually like 
able like people know their name people know what they look like people know what their whole vibe is and who they are as a person and you kind of you got that like how did you how did you get like somebody like Migos who don't fuck with people very rarely they just are very closed off yeah at the beginning like they were they only had like a couple producers they were fucking with they had like Zaytoven Phenom the Don Stack Boy Mac Boy and me and everyone was from Atlanta, and I kind of got like I just feel like I like when we I can I connected with them before the the wave. So it's like when they started blowing up and shit. I'm like, Dang. like when they I remember when they started blowing up. I'm like, yo, these guys might just like go Hollywood on me. I don't like you know what right. I'm saying. Because uh, all that Hollywood shit, you don't know like until like you know what I'm saying. I'm a young kid from Canada. I don't fucking know what the fuck's gonna happen. These right. guys blew up. I'm like fuck, you know what I'm saying. But they they always kept in contact and. And they remember me. I was like, damn, like that's some real shit. That's yeah. loyalty. You know what I'm saying? And then when I got in front of them, and then we started actually building that relationship. It just went a long way. And you know what I'm saying? Guys like Rel and guys like Quavo and people like that, they always looked out for me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Coach and P, everybody. I feel like a lot of it straight up has to do with just your personality, period. And not just for you, but for anybody. In the sense that like you have to be somebody that people are going to want to be around. You got to know how not to say that one thing that's going to make you look like an entitled dickhead. That, you know, like there's, there's probably a million times that you could have just sort of been a salty fuck about something and like pissed them yeah. off and like ruined a relationship. You know, it's like so much of it is just your personality straight up. Mm, not for real. And like, just like. A lot of the time, I'm like a sponge on the wall, too. You know what I'm saying? I won't speak unless spoken to, so mm. I'm just playing my role, you know? Has it been weird getting famous? I don't think I'm famous. You're pretty damn famous. You go to the mall, people are talking to you. I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's, I didn't, like, when I started making beats and doing this shit, I never really thought about this shit. Mm. And now it's kind of just like, it is what it is, you know? Like, you reap what you sow, like, you know what I'm saying? You, you, you wanted to do this, now you're doing this. You're like, fuck. Mm. And whatever comes with it, it's like, you know what I'm saying? That's that's what it is. So. Yeah. I mean, you don't really know what you're getting into in the sense that you don't really know what it's I just wanted to make music like. for a living. That's right. the only thing I was thinking of is like being known for the music I make and inspiring people's lives and doing that, you know, and helping my family and being something, not just being the the kid that goes to high school and then now you're just sitting where you're from working a nine to five. I didn't want to do that. Yeah. What are most people that you grew up with doing? Working at nine to five in, in the same town. Yeah, at best. But yo, They're you drunk be, off their ass in the park. Everyone could. Hey, you could be happy in any situation. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, they're probably more happy than we are. You think? Never know. That ever crossed your mind that you might have been happier if you lived a normal life? Maybe I don't know. I love the life I live. So you fuck would, it. You wouldn't know shit about the life that you're living. You know, it's like the average person doesn't have any clue what it's like to even be in Hollywood. Never mind to know the right shit to do in Hollywood. Never mind to like what it's like to go on tour it's just like when you do shit like this it's like it's hard to tell what's real and fake everything's blurred lines when you get into a situation of when people want to fuck with you Mm. so it's like you don't know what's real and what's fake and sometimes that could be tricky get you into problems get into situations and it could fuck up your happiness because you don't know who's being real who's being fake you ever at least least, at least when you work a nine to five or some shit or like i'm not even gonna say that just like when you like when you're living a life with a family and you grow up and you know what I'm saying, like how you do that style of living, it's like you know who's real and who's fake and shit, you know? Or like you, you surround yourself with the right people. Do you think you I ever, feel like I surrounded myself with the right people though. Yeah. I mean your team does seem pretty good to be real with you. We're great yeah. people. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Do you ever did you ever get too open and start letting random ass weird clout munching type people get too close to you and then you had to realize at a certain point that this wasn't that you had to be more closed off? Not really. 
honestly that that happens a lot though mm. honestly probably in la oh yeah that's been definitely happy meet someone at a party <laughs> next day they're at your house and you're just like what the fuck is this person doing around me you know yeah. what i'm saying oh well, they don't want to leave <laughs> but i don't know i feel like i'm good at reading people i'm good at reading vibes and shit like if yeah. I, I i trust my gut so if i feel something's off somewhere it's like it's time to go or like if i like i feel like i can see through people so it's like the fuck is it like definitely you know what i'm saying i don't know you're, you're a good guy man yeah i appreciate that <laughs> we got good good intentions at least you know yeah you know yeah i appreciate that um you ever talk to anybody from your hometown you still close with anybody from back home oh uh, yeah i talked to like some of my boys only a couple yeah is it kind of is it kind of odd they're kind of shocked by what you've managed to do I, like the few i talked to like believed in it mm. so it's like yo i just did I actually did it that's tight and you know people don't like that like my one boy would tell oh like people like don't believe i know you and shit mm. like it's crazy. Like people stop my mom in the grocery store and tell my mom like they make beats now and shit. Like, oh my god! My mom's like, you know. I remember like, my dad gave me a mixtape one time from this like this person at work. Their son had a like a tape. He gave me his tape. He mailed it to me. Like my dad thought I was gonna give a shit. I'm looking at this. It's like the worst graphic design. It's like so much worse than anything I've ever seen online. <laughs> I put it in. It was so much worse than anything I've ever heard sent in by a fan or whatever. I was just like, damn. People who don't know how to use the internet really don't know what the fuck's going on. Sometimes people give me like uh, USBs of beats and mm. I delete them and use them. <laughs> <laughs> That's the realest thing anyone's ever said on this podcast. I feel like most people I'm don't want to admit to that too. shit. Yeah. Sometimes I listen to them, but. You ever find anything good that way? I used to be that kid. Mm. I used to fucking get the USB, put 10 beats on it, a little info, contacts. Never fucking worked. Real mm. shit. That shit never worked. Yeah. No, but like so it could real. work. That's what I'm saying. Like anything's possible. So like if I if I'm if I'm giving someone advice and I say what I did and what didn't work for me, I'm not saying don't do that because it could work for you. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But that just did not work for me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Did not give that shit to fucking rich homie Quan Wiz Khalifa. All these guys. Did not <laughs> That's what they really it. want you to do. They probably it. lose the shit by the end of the night. You put it in your pocket. You go party and shit. A bitch might even just fucking. Steal it. You never know. She, she might, might think she's hitting the lick. She just stole this guy's beat that was in the crowd. So imagine she, she stole the USB <laughs> from you and she thought she had a bunch of your unreleased beats. Yeah, shit. <laughs> Some random guy. I've, I've, had like, I've had like unreleased music on sticks. Like when I go to the club, play some shit in Toronto, I've like lost them in Ubers. You never had shit. a problem with it showing up online though? No. I've, I've had like music leak online and then everyone thinks I leaked it. Why? They think it's you. Because I used to leak the Migos music. Did you really? On purpose? Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Why? Why would like, you do that? Back in the, like, b like back in the day, like, w like I would like, I would like take songs off their computer because they would never give me shit. So I'd like uh. take songs off their computer, like, like when no one was around or like when they were sleeping or whatever. I'd like take the songs off the computer so I could listen to them when I go home. Because uh -huh. if I go back to Canada, I don't know like when I'm coming back to land or you know what I'm saying. Right. And then I just end up that like, whenever like I was always trying to build my consistency, so. If they weren't gonna use the song, I would just drop it on my SoundCloud and the blogs would pick it up, or like I'd premiere it with XXL or premiere it with Hot New Hip Hop. But or something. was this before the era in which people streaming? they, they would have got pissed off about that? Because I feel like if you do that now, they'd be furious. Yeah, now it's the streaming changed everything. It's yeah. like before, it's like it's like that was dope. It was like releasing a song, like it, it, it was, that was helping my consistency and building my brand. I was building my own brand, leaking music. Mm. Real shit, I'm sorry. You, but you never had to deal with like ramifications from that, like no, nah, because it, it was always like I would 
I would always know like if, if it was a song like they were using or something, I would, you know what I'm saying? But if it was just like some shit I would want to listen to, and then like six months go by and like these guys make 30s, like so many songs. Like I have like thousands, like probably like a thousand songs with Amigos, you yeah. know? So it's just like, I'm just, just drop some shit, fuck it. How do you uh, decide who you want to work with these days? Because it feels like you have hella options. You've done a lot of like joint projects where you're like billed as one of the performers, just like the, the rapper. If I become a fan of your music, or like if I feel like you're ahead of the wave, you know what I'm saying? Like that was like the thing with Amigos. Like when I first heard their music, I was like, "Yo, this is different." Mm. Like, like it was cool. I didn't really, I didn't 100% get it at first, but I was like, "This is really like unique and different," and I know this is gonna be the next wave. Mm. So then I started, I started playing it all the time. Like this shit's fire. Like you know. That's what's crazy though is that people assume that just because an artist is huge right now, Amigos is like the biggest group in hip hop right now. They assume they they forget that you were fucking with them early on, like before they were really. You know, I see people all the time who are like, you know, Adam's a, a cop muncher. He just started fucking with X and Pump because they're hot or whatever. I'm like, I, I was fucking with them before they were hot. Yeah. You know, it's like people forget. Once somebody blows up, people act like they always were that big. Real shit weird so who do you choose oh so you're saying like you prefer to you just do a lot of like reaching out via dm shit like that yeah or like or i like to i like i really like to wait like for shit to happen organically too mm. like even if someone's like yo you got to work with this person sometimes i'll be like uh i was like i know it'll happen organically you know and then it end up it happens organically how do you normally meet people though are you, are you out and about you go to shows go sometimes, to clubs shit like that not as much right anymore i kind of just like duck off and be low-key and shit but yeah definitely like when you go out and shit you meet people right you know or like even in the studio you bump into people in the studio mm -hmm. find out this guy's next door door go say what up drop off pack of beats yeah that's what's up. a lot of people like reach out now though you know like i'll reach out to someone or they'll reach out to me or like through like mutual friends or something you know do you have like managers and shit who are basically like trying to like pitch you artists or yeah, like i got my manager Corey. yeah but yeah. Is he, he's helping you find artists and shit yeah all the time so like after like the whole like like the pipe it up stuff and that's like when I met Corey and then we went out to LA for the first time uh -huh. and that's like when like a lot of shit went off. That's what's up. Yeah. Uh, you trying to sign artists now as well? All that. You got the some dude Adam that I was just seeing his, uh, his yeah. shit popping up saying that you signed him. Yeah, I got Adam Adam Holiday. He's fire. Really? He's from, from the UK? UK. Grew up in Philly. He's got a cool story. Really? Okay. He's gonna be a big star. Really. Is 100%. That, what kind of music is he? Is he rapping or is he singing? He could do everything, but like singing, pop, R&B, soul. That's crazy. Some cool shit. You, you know? don't feel limited to just rappers? Hell no. I, I was in the studio with Ozuna last night. Really? Is that hard for you to adapt Making, to like, like a totally different sound like well, that? Well, I can't speak like <laughs> yeah. Spanish. I'm from Canada. <laughs> that's so problem number one. That's a little, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But um, no, it's cool though. I like it. I like being outside the box, you know, like just grinding like that. That whole like Latin type sound that, that everybody kind of fucks with now. That shit's going crazy. Is that hard for you to like get into that mind state of making those kind of beats? It's definitely like like anything I do outside of like trap music. It's like I got like mentally, all right, I'm about to do this, right? Go in and do it. So, but we were doing like we were doing like rap shit, mm. and then like we started like cooking up some like Latin shit too. That's what's up. It was dope though. Yeah. Place of fire. My girlfriend was really pissed last night watching. The video that you put out with Pump and Shaq West, she's Dude, like, mad? she's like, they're stealing people's prized possessions. They're just like walking up to people and taking their babies we and stealing. their stuff. <laughs> we I'm like, I wasn't anything. thinking about it, it that stolen. way. It was, everything was bought. We bought. We, we bought, bought it. The but it's like, why are you like buying a baby? 
Hey man, look at <laughs> this is this is this video was for fun. It was not no fucking human trafficking shit. I've seen all that people saying that shit. That it didn't baby, occur to me that like baby that was all. happy. <laughs> that baby was a happy baby. I thought it was funny too, and then my girlfriend started saying that shit. I'm like, God damn, you just completely thought changed the way that I'm thinking about this video. Yeah, go go check out that video. You know what I'm saying? The shopping spree, shopping spree video. Yeah, Young Murder featuring Sheck West and Lil Pump. It's a great video, video of the year. Not about most, human trafficking. Most humorous rap video this year. That was fun. Yeah, it was, it was. It was. It was fun, man. How did that song come together, and how did you know that was the one? I pulled up. I pulled up at Pump's house like a few months ago, and we were just cooking up, and that's one of the songs we made. And I like we. I posted a little snippet on Instagram, and like Sheck like commented, so I hit him up. I'm like, you want to hop on the record? He's like, hell yeah. So I sent him the beat. He got on it. That's official. And then we put it out. It was just like kind of quick. It's hard to get Pump to do anything too. So that's impressive. Shout out Pump, man. That's my, that's my brother, though. <laughs> I, I love him. He's a good kid. That's fire. Um, yo, yeah, because I remember the night I met you. We were in the studio, and that's that night that Pump made one, two, three. Perp. Perp. Sorry. That's when I met you? Yeah, I think. That was crazy. I, I think I've only been around that, you two times, so and that we, was the first time. We were at DJ Cow's birthday party. Uh-huh. That might have been the last time I saw Nip, too. Really? Happy belated to Nip, yeah, at that party. But then I took Perp to that party. And then we went to the studio right after, and we made one, two, three. Right. And we had, like, a whole little party vibe in the studio and shit. Yeah. No, it was and a that's fucking when, party. And that's when I was like, I was like, yo, I like your vibe. Because you were, you were setting, like, it was, like, a good vibe. Yeah. And we were, like, killing it and shit. I'm like, yo, I fuck with you, man. I'm not going to lie to you. Me and Pump getting, or me and Purple getting fucked up that night. We were a little too fucked up. I was hung over for days. I was fucked up, too. <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> This is the life. Bad. This is the life we chose, man. <laughs> Rockstar lifestyle. But have you changed up your lifestyle? Yep. You got totally sober, or just mostly. I'm like, I'm sober. I drink a little bit. Okay. Because I'm not gonna lie to you. During that time period, you were drunk as fuck, like a lot. I still get drunk as fuck. I oh, get okay. really drunk. I think I can outdrink anybody. Uh. Based on what I've seen, I wouldn't be surprised. And it's but like I'm not an too. alcoholic. Yeah. You know. You don't feel like you ever were. No. Oh, never. Okay. Never. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like when I when I used to smoke weed and shit, like hell yeah, I smoke weed all the time. You feel like the weed was bad for you? Uh no, I just got like it started making me like anxious all the time. Mm. Started getting anxiety, and then I got like too high at Coachella, and just like took a break, and then just like never got back into it. Cause I I would always like get a little anxiety from smoking weed. So I was like, man, why do I keep smoking weed? Right. You know. Were you getting this? Were you too high like on stage, or was it after you had already done what you had to do? I wasn't on stage. I, got, I was on stage this Coachella. That year, I was just like... Oh, you are just chilling. Having fun. So at least you were free to get too fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. It was fun. Damn. What? How did that Perp project... Like, how did you become such a big part of that one in particular? Um. So I found Perp's music on SoundCloud, and I was like, this kid's fire. Like, he was dropping records and shit. I forget, like, exactly which ones, but I was like, damn, this is fire. And then... Ended up the one day I was working in New York at Jungle City and he was in the room next to me. Uh -huh. So I went over and I said, what up to him? And gave him some beats. And then he said he was going to be there the next day. I pulled up on him the next day. He played them. They were fire. I loved, I loved the songs. And then like six months later or something, we like reconnected and then just decided like, yo, we should do an album. Uh -huh. And we started locking in the studio, making records. We made like one, two, three, made like a couple more and shit. Like, yo, we just bang on an album. That's what we did. That easy. Just having fun, just making music, you know? Yeah. It's That's, like, how music should be made, you know? Because right. I feel like a lot of music is, like, forced and, 
a lot of shit. Do you ever feel like there are forces within the music industry that are kind of pulling you away from what you originally loved about it and sort of getting you more into that fucking yeah. corporate everything, mentality? Everything that's not music. Every I feel like every I feel like most people in the music it's like if you don't make it, it's gonna pull you away from try to pull you away from what you do because everyone's trying to get a check and get a bag, so they're gonna try to pull you this way, do this, do that, do this, mm. do that. And the moment that you're doing shit that you don't want to do, it becomes a job. And I don't, I don't like that shit. You know, yeah. I've done, like I do shit sometimes that like I wouldn't like love to do, but I'll do it because like, or maybe it's like I don't like to do it, and like someone like my manager will tell me it's good for me, and then it ends up being good for me. You know? Yeah. It's crazy because like your whole success as a producer is really predicated on the whole entire concept of you just like working constantly always being in the studio but then there's all these like pressures and different forces that are trying to get you to be in the club to be going and doing all these different things all the time too it's like you ever feel like you got a little too far away from that sort of like nerd mentality of just having to be in the studio constantly yeah i feel like the last like six months i got away from it a little bit but i'm definitely back in my bag because you got to understand like when you're coming up and in those beginning stages all you got to do is make music yeah. focus on getting better and get your shit out there now it's like when you like I'm at a point where it's like there's more of a brand and like I'm DJing and there's like you do press and you do this meetings, and that and there's yeah. meetings and there's opportunities and you know what I'm saying you got to do it's a different grind it's a different hustle mm. and that and that's the kind of hustle when you like you get you get a bigger team you hire more staff you get more people like you got a label I'm a your CEO like you know what I'm saying you got contracts you you got people signed to you that's your responsibility so it's more more responsibilities it's not just you trying to make it it's like now everyone like you know what i'm saying everyone's eating and everyone's got to eat and i'm gonna make sure everyone eats you know yeah does that ever feel like pressure just having to like not pressure. just worry about yourself you got to worry about the team as well a lot of pressure but pressure makes diamonds there you go <laughs> and i like diamonds bars you, know you do huh you got a nice little jewelry collection yeah i like it. it's, it's cool you don't go too crazy but diamonds make pressure see Diamonds make pressure because then when people see you got diamonds and shit, that causes pressure. Then now it's like, oh shit, he's on. Now you got to maintain. I'm smoking pressure. There you this go. Fuck it. <laughs> you never gone too crazy with the with the jewelry thing? I'm like done with jewelry. You're done with it. I keep saying that. Yeah. It's just you know, it's a bad habit. And it's, it's something... definitely the worst habit. And I was just around like, I was around like the Migos and these guys are buying the exactly. biggest chains. Since fucking and constantly changing it up and yeah, replacing so them. It just like that's the first thing when I'm when I'm back in the day when I started like going on the road with them going to a couple of shows I'm like man I need to buy a chain. Everyone has a chain. I buy myself a little gold chain. You know what I'm saying? I just I don't know. When you're I like competing it though, it's with fun. them and Future and Thug no, I'm and not shit, it's with like nobody. You definitely don't no. want to be compete with dudes like that who have no. like unlimited resources to just I ball like, out. I like jewelry. You know what I'm saying? Like I like like how it's made. Like every watch it's like it's 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 handmade like someone builds the machinery and stuff like it's cool you yeah know? definitely it's not like a toyota it's definitely like a rolls royce you got anything that you really blow your money on jewelry that's the main thing you don't got like a car Clothes, collection cars a little bit not really yeah kind of i don't know you go too hard with the clothes well i don't go too hard on clothes but like you have to keep up with your wardrobe you know mm. what i'm saying like just doing new shit, doing this, doing that, being on stage. You always have to update. Yeah. Every like, I know a lot of people update every day, every week. I do like every like couple times a month, maybe some shit. Just go shopping, keep it updated. Mm -hmm. Your gram will get boring otherwise. 
not even just like just being out just being i don't like wearing shit too much yeah i'll definitely wear shit twice if i like the fit i'll just rock it for like a week you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying and just not wear it you know what i'm saying i don't yeah. know yeah it's kind of always like a decision because it's like dude my accountant told me he's like he's like i've honestly never seen a public figure who spends less money on clothes than you i'm like man honestly that's a, that's a big honor that you just said that to me because <laughs> i just always wear our own shirts or people give me shit it's like, i want to wear my own shit but i feel like when every time we get some fucking merch everyone else gets it i don't get it really every time wow every time these guys are always wearing the merch giving merch away I never have my own merch. You got to get a loss prevention agent on your team. Real shit. It's going missing. People are reselling my shit in the back of my crib or some shit. That could know. really be happening. Shit. That's fucked up. Where you spend most of your time now? <laughs> L.A. Always L.A.? That's what's up. I spent... Look, at you guys don't understand how much of a blessing it is to be in an Amer- like be working in America and just being American because being Canadian, being somewhere else like you got to deal with a lot of shit like you got to deal with getting a work visa if mm. you don't have one and they catch you you're going to get banned from america till you get one and then it's like you can't you can only spend six months out of your year in america and i'm spending way more than that so now i'm going to depart canada but is your whole like is, i have to depart canada like pay an exit tax like it's crazy really it's fucked up that's insane i didn't know it's i, th- I would have thought your shit would be like taken it's, care of just because why i mean you've done so well for yourself it's like why wouldn't they want to have you here but that's like but me coming here is taking a job away from an american that's how they see it in theory and then and then it's like paying taxes to certain places so it's like oh there's poor american producers that can't get their beats off <laughs> you poor guys Sign, come sign to death row you know what I'm saying get you right over here no, I'm just, <laughs> murder gang shit you could definitely have a Suge Knight vibe at some point in your career you think no you just like running around I'm like a, that I'm a nice guy I'm a nice guy yeah you are and I'm gonna make sure everyone around me is good you know what I'm saying mm. what's your dating life like right now I'm chilling yeah no. have you been in anything serious at various points I've, I've seen you link to some celebrities I'm gonna be honest with you yeah you know I'm still I'm still kind of like linked to something low key okay you know right but low key, like I think so. High key, low key. I think so. It's like low key. <laughs> Is that weird? Like dating girls that like grew up around all this shit when you came from the fucking mud out there in Canada? No, not really. I don't know. I meet these fucking uppity ass LA girls, and I don't know what the fuck to say to them because they just they grew up out here. LA girls weird. are bougie. Yeah, I don't know how to fucking talk to them. LA girls are bougie. I don't know. I like angry ass East Coast girls normally. East Coast. My girls from out here, but. She's Armenian, so she grew up in like an ethnic community. So like, I like I like all types of girls. Yeah, that's what's up. That's how I feel. How you feel about industry plants? What? How you feel about industry plants? Industry plants? Is it a problem? Is it a real thing? It's part of the industry. I just feel like when someone blows up and they get a buzz, just like like if they and then they sign a deal, they're just gonna put the bag behind them. Hmm. Nowadays, the labels are so on alert for talent. That it's like it's easy to become an industry plant because chances are the label is going to figure out you got talent before the fans just start blowing your songs up, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I just, I don't know. That's part of the game. I don't know. The labels like control a lot of shit. You know, it's hard to stay independent. So once you get that independent buzz, you're going to end up signing a deal. Mm. And if you got that buzz, they're just going to blow you up. It's just so different. No one really like all that industry plant, like, I don't know. No one's really just like signing people and blowing them up and shit. I don't know. Right. Or like, coming from literally nothing signing and then making it all i feel like it, there's a lot of failed industry plants out there like the labels are trying it all the time and it doesn't work very often no the, the problem right now is labels are signing shit too early mm. 
And then like, well, like that's what the label does. They'll sign a kid too early for this little bag and then like expect you to do it. So then it's like a win for them. Yeah. You know? It's, and if it's a loss, it's whatever. The other, one of the other 20 kids will make it and make the money back. Right. And it's, it's just such a different mentality than it was a couple of years ago because a couple of years ago, somebody like X or Pump or whatever who had like little bidding wars <coughs> going on for their services, it's like they would have got signed so fucking early because they wouldn't have really been able to sort of like develop privately without at some point somebody being on top of that shit, you know? Mm-hmm. No, that's a reason though. They would have figured it out. Um, I did want to ask about Fifi before we wrap. How the hell did that song come about? That's a huge song with like such a weird history to it now at this point. Yeah, that's just, just I made the beat in LA in my kitchen on my kitchen table. And I I thought it was like an anthem for Drake. I sent it to Drake. Got no response. I was like, all right. And then, <laughs> Fuck you. No, nah, and then I went to um <laughs> I went to I went to New York and we were in New York and like one of the guys I was with in New York's like, yo, like you do something with six nine. And I wasn't like I wasn't like really like a fan of his music, but they're like, "Yo, let's do it." I'm like, "All right, I'll just, I'll just do it. I'll just fuck it, have him pull up, whatever." Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm. it'll be like, it'll definitely be like an experience. Like, I don't know what the fuck's gonna happen. And then he pulled up, and then that was one of the beats that he was fucking with. We made Fifi that night, and then Nikki really fucks with me. So then she somehow got on it. Like, I don't know. She really fucks with me, so she felt like I was co-signing Six Nine. So then. She got on the record, so and that you, shit went huge. That's crazy, because everybody was so surprised to see her working with 6 9 but you were kind of the in there. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. And, and Nikki really fucks with me. Shout out to Nikki. Like, one of her biggest songs in years. Huge fucking massive Maybe. song. Probably one of your biggest songs, too, for sure, right? 100%. That's crazy. That, that song was ride. huge. No one huge. expected that song to be that big. Yeah. That shit went crazy. But see, 6 9 the way he was promoting songs on Instagram and shit, like with little snippets. And then like, cause like you gotta understand when you're an artist and you post a snippet, even like with one, two, three, like when you post a snippet of a song and the snippet goes viral, you're making the song a hit before it comes out. Mm-hmm. Then when the song comes out, it's like, boom, it's just like a hit, you know? Yeah. People are waiting for it. There's been times where I've seen people mistime it, like hype a snippet up too much. And then by the time the song comes out, nobody cares. But a lot. But when it works, it could be like super good. And Six Nine was the god of that shit. Nah, he was, and that's what kind of happened with One Two Three with me and Perp. We like, we like posted it like that night when we made it, mm. and then like months went by, and then like we kind of we posted it again, yeah. and then the, it went viral again, and then we dropped the song. That's funny because I remember I was I was on that too where I had it and I kept kind of like just playing in the background on Snapchats and shit, just fucking with people, and I was getting hit up nonstop about that fucking song constantly. And then it started to slow up when we were about to drop it, so we re we redropped the snippet and it went viral again. It was crazy. It's weird how people sometimes gravitate more towards the leak, the leaks and the snippets than they do to the final product. Like it can somehow make them more excited about a song just because they know it's not supposed to be out. No, nah, that's some real shit. That's wild. I know people are out here hacking shit, leaking shit. I don't know. Really? You get those emails like somebody's trying to sign into your Gmail and fucking Czechoslovakia? Going like two weeks ago. <laughs> Someone's trying to hack everything. Yeah. One time, I'll never forget. Yeah, like last year, I was like on my phone and it popped up. Someone was on my iCloud in Moscow. I was like, damn. Changed all my shit. Put the two-step authentication on everything. You need that. And then I think after you do that, you're straight, though. Yeah, two-step is very, very big unless unless they really get you with some smart shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What have you been working on lately that you're excited about? My own stuff, Migos, a little bit of Drake. You on that quality control album? 
Yeah, oh, I did okay. the um, I did a song with Mango Fu and Offset, nice. get them in, and then I did Pastor with Quavo, Meg The Stallion, and City Girls. Oh hell yeah! Um, I only listened to it a little bit last night. I gotta get back into it. Thug's album's fire. Thug album, I listened to three times already. Thug's just fire. Yeah, Thug's just fire. Um, we're gonna a lot of stuff. I don't know. It's like a lot of different shit. All like the typical rap stuff. That's what's and then up. I'm going on tour with ASAP Ferg and Made in Tokyo, November and December. Really? That's gonna be a crazy tour. That's exciting. What do you like? You as a person, what do you feel like you're getting out of going on tour as opposed to just being at home working on music? Like, do you just yearn for like actually getting out there and traveling, or is it straight up like a business decision, or how's that work in your mind? Well, you you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. Just being in the crib all the time, you get comfortable too, right? You sit there, you just get lazy and mm -hmm. shit. So it's good to just be on the road, get back into that vibe, and then just being in front of people, building my brand. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? You gain fans every show. Definitely. And those are like you're gonna gain some diehard fans that are gonna buy your music and really support you. You know? Yeah. So and then making music on the road. Oh, you do get like you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Me yeah. and Ferg probably gonna make a whole album album like before tour on the road and then. Me and me and Tokyo are gonna make some shit too. You record on the bus? Yeah, make beats on the bus and shit. You don't ever get studio space while you're on the road, or does that happen um, sometimes? It's not really. Too much traveling. It's rare. Yeah, if you get a couple of days off, maybe, but it's just like city to city. Yeah. You know, dude, you don't want to get on the Juice World program where he he's gotten so used to just fucking recording all night and then catching the jet in the morning because he's like so he'll just get so into the session recording that he's like ah fuck it we'll just take the jet. I did one session with Juice World like. A week before he signed his deal, and we did like 14 songs in one session. Sounds about right. Crazy. Insane. I mean, they call him an industry plant. I don't know. I feel like he just had a buzz. He buzzed, and then he signed, and then he had a big song, and what are you going to do? You're going to put the money behind the song. Yeah. The problem is just that the fans found out that Juice World was fire at the same exact time that all the labels did. So it's like he already had songs that were blowing up, but they were like 50, 100,000 plays I found or some out about, shit. I found out about Juice World when he dropped the, the All Girls Are The Same video. Oh, yeah. That was with Cole Bennett. That was when it was official. Like, when he oh, dropped, yeah, when he dropped that down. show, I was like, damn, it's just fire. Yeah. The like, damn, All Girls Really Are The Same. <laughs> <laughs> the day I met Juice World. Like, he leaves, and then Cole Bennett came, and we were hanging out, and I just said, I'm like, yo, you heard Juice World? He's like, oh, yeah, I'm about to do his first video. I'm like, it's over. It's going down. I feel that. As soon as you get a Cole, a Cole video and a No Jumper interview, as, to be honest, it doesn't mean it's a sure thing. It just means that if it's going to happen, it's probably going to happen now. Mm. Because this is your, you're in front of a lot of eyeballs right now. Yeah. You want that TJX6 wave? Um, I was actually gonna watch his interview. It's good. He, I was gonna watch it. <laughs> the music is fucking ridiculous. Because he said so he like exposed a bunch of shit or something. I mean, he just talks about everything that there is to talk about. In terms I was of gonna watch this shit. I think I heard a couple songs from him though. He's fire. He's fire. Oh my god! If you do production for him, that would change the game. Hey, just an idea. Stay tuned. Beats on the way. Um, yo, I appreciate you coming through. Nah, I know this had to happen. I know you've been hitting me up. <laughs> I, I wanted to come, you know what I'm saying? I've been I've been wanting to do this, so I'm glad we just did it. I appreciate it. Definitely got, do an update soon. I got a publicist. She made it happen. There we go. <laughs> I've been DMing go. this motherfucker for like I months know. and months, and then all of a sudden she just, I told her, I'm like, yo, give me It's not that I wasn't going to come. I was just, you know, yeah, you're I would probably hit you up today. I appreciate it. Because the other time that we came here, remember we went paintballing together? With Perp, the other time, like the time that you came here and started making a beat here. Oh, the we laser tag the shit. Oh, laser tag. That's what, yeah. I would remember if I got hit with paintballs. 
That's what I was thinking too. I'm like, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't get hit with a paintball that day. That was weird. There's that funny ass photo of me, you, and Perp, where I'm wearing the laser tag. I beat everyone in laser tag. I killed everyone that day too. Did I you? remember that. I remember that shit being so confusing. I thought it was going to be totally different. You just have like a score at the end. People are just standing in place, just like racking up on you and shit. I'm like, what the fuck is this? That shit was fun though. Yeah, it was cool. Um, all right, man. I appreciate you coming through. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me. It's big for Canada too. Shout Huge out to for all Canada. our Canadians. Huge for Canada. It's Huge. a big one. It's a big, it's a big country one. with not a, a lot one. of people, but we love you all. I fuck with Canada, you know what I'm saying? It's me too. Love it. Real shit. That's what we it's got like. all like we got like we got a, most of the best producers, I'd say. Beautiful girls. And we got some beautiful women and we got some talented artists. We just got a lot of talent. Kush. It's our water. I know you don't want it, but they got some good kush it's out the, there. It's too. the water in the ocean. Mm-hmm. There or it is. Not the ocean, the the lake. The lakes as well. <laughs> I'm too used to being around oceans now, baby. You know what I'm saying? You changed, bro. You definitely changed. <laughs> you changed for sure. Change for the better, though. People ever say that to you, though? You changed. It's like, duh. But it's like, you don't change, though. It's the way people treat you, they change. Right. Because they look at you differently. Yeah. So whenever fuck. someone says you change, then no fuck, fuck you, you change. But also, it's just, we, we just change. It's like you know, yeah, I, no, I, I everyone, used to be happy I'm eating the shitty growing, ass food. I'm always growing, getting better personally and shit. Yeah, always. I used to like, I used to think that going to fucking Fridays was a nice meal. I changed. I just figured out that wasn't a good meal anymore. No offense to Fridays if anyone works out there or whatever. Not real shit. My manager, my mom, my girl, my boys, anyone's gonna always push me to become a better person. You know, that's you what bet. I always do. Yeah. When you lose that, that's what Because a lot of people in the industry, bro, you be seeing people, they don't give a fuck. They'll just run you to the ground and just like, you know what I'm saying? You could have been doing something a little different that could help your whole career. Because literally in this game, one thing can fuck up everything. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? One thing can make everyone just not want to fuck with you. Yeah. Ban you like Gucci. That's like a good the, point. You know what I'm saying? They tried like, to ban him. Tried to ban Russ too. Russ. Tried to ban Russ for a long time. You can't stop Russ. Hey, shout out to Russ though. Real shit. He... He makes a fire music. Russell's Russ and he's and he's selling he's he's selling out crazy shows and shit. Russ is more proof that anybody can do it. Than me? No, just that anybody can do it. Like he just fucking made it in a way where he like had almost no like industry support, like barely any like media fucking. And he's got and like shit. a real deal fan base too and shit. It's yeah, crazy. Exactly. That's the one thing that people don't realize, like being like being like like what I do, I make like the music we make and shit, like like we listen to or like critique yeah or, oh, I listen to it yeah what, you think I don't listen to rap no, music I go at, home and listen so like, to the Beatles the, mu- the, like, the music we make like we're like in like this like bubble of like only really like knowing this and caring about this music but like mm. bro there's mu- there's like like I, I just did some music with like this Japanese group called Bad Hop like they're like the biggest like like rap group coming up in Japan like really? in Japan there's like crazy demographic with even more musicians and people and fans and stuff like we got to touch all that shit we can't just be national trying to get fans in la and in america and in canada we need to go everywhere there's a lot i was just in england for a couple weeks there's so many good ass english rappers that are the uk rappers are amazing they all fire one of these days it's gonna break throughout here it's gonna be like the girl rappers where there was just always like Nicki minaj and she was like i feel like the next superstar rapper is gonna be from the uk it could totally happen. Real shit. It's gonna be crazy, scary. Like super superstar, like a, like a Drake level or something. It's definitely gonna be like a UK rapper. I can see. It. They got they're super they're so talented over there, you know. That's so true. And like the UK and Canada is like very like similar in a lot of ways. Because once they would let one through, like one UK dude, 
Like Skepta, Skepta's fire. Skepta is so fucking good. He's he's super talented, making it, makes his own beats and shit. Like super fire gigs, like everybody, section boys. I feel like we're gonna end up looking back on Skepta and gigs and shit. And be like they were too early for what might be coming in terms no, of like UK rap 100%. really kind of conquering. Hundred percent. Because that Skepta but they paved is the way so then. good. So, so you good. know what I'm saying? It won't be too early. They sure. paved the way. Yeah, I'm, they're living good, for sure. Murder Beats, my man. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Murder Beats, no jumper. Coolest podcast in the world. Check us on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes. Like, comment, and subscribe. Go check out that new music. You know what I'm saying? Shopping spree. Go watch the video. It's the funniest video you will watch. I guarantee you will shed a tear and cry. Let us know if Lena the Plug was wrong about it. I guarantee. She was offended, but you're going to love it. Appreciate y'all.